Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. We appreciate all the downloads. We appreciate you tuning in. Turkey season is firing up all over the nation. It's open in South Texas right now, and it's creeping its way up here. If you are in the market for a new turkey call, I highly, highly suggest that you go check the boys out at Pacific Calls. PacificCustomCalls.com. They've got a new turkey line out right now. They've got diaphragms. They've got pot calls. They've got everything, and they look and sound amazing. If you are needing anything, any kind of call, to call in any type of bird, I highly suggest that you check out the boys at PacificCustomCalls.com. They've got everything that you need. They're a one-stop shop. Turkeys, geese, ducks. They've even got the Sandhill Steakhouse call out there. So if you're chasing Sandhill cranes, they've got the call for you. And if you're going to be in Texas, April April 7th and 8th. Second weekend in April. Second weekend in April at Texas Motor Speedway. You can go by and check them out. They're going to be there. Boss is going to be there. I think Lucky Shane, Duck. Lucky Duck. Dirty, Dirty Duck. Shane Gear. Shin Gear. Shane Gear. Shin Gear. Uh, Gun Dog Outdoors is going to be there also. Jeez. The who's who. Also, if you are a turkey hunter, check out Boss Tom from Boss Shot Shells. It's all made in America. Copper plated bismuth. Wax them. Uh, you can get a little bit of revenge. It decleats the toms. It's a quick and effective kill. Boss Tom, it's all that I shoot. It's all that my clients shoot also. American-made products right there made in Michigan. Right in Michigan. Great guys over over there at uh, Boss Shot Shells. They've worked through the product shortage to deliver a high-quality, premium uh, product to you loyal hunters. So check them out. They're constantly uh, innovating, constantly making their product better so that uh, you don't have to think twice whenever you're pulling the trigger. All-American-made, too. Great people over there. Uh, also, we're brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. It's the way to start the day every single day. Shoot them in the face. If your coffee sucks, it's not the duck. That's right. Missouri Boat Ride Blend. That's how we start our day out here at the Big Honker Lodge. It's delicious. Go delicious by, and nutritious. Go by Texas Motor Speedway, see them, see Scotty Goggles, and tell them we sent you over there to see them. Uh, you can get all your coffee. You can get all your caffeine needs over there at uh, Dirty Duck Coffee. Cool hoodies and caps, too. Yeah. Got some cool stuff and some cool mugs. They got a great new uh, F. Joe Brandon. I saw that. I saw that you have it, and I don't, though. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Interesting the way it works. Interesting the way that this works out all of a yes, sudden. It does. You've got the new uh, F. F. Brandon. You've got it, and I don't. I know. Whatever. Yeah. That's fine. All right. Also, go check out the boys at Dive Bomb Industries. They are your one-stop shop for your decoy needs. They have got, the widgeons now. They got widgeon floaters out now. So um, they're slowly, slowly uh, adding species to their floater line. It's it's exciting to see. They've got the kickback chair. They've even introduced a uh, dog training line. So they've got a cool little dog launcher that uh, you can fling that bumper further than your arm will let it go that's crazy too that of all the years of training dogs i threw so many bumpers as a kid see there that someone would come up with something so simple just to flick that dummy yeah, right on out there and add 100 yards to your dog and i used to throw i've thrown a lot of bumpers when i was a kid growing up oh yeah i can remember Lots. ron you got to step out there and and throw the bumper that way the dog doesn't get used to breaking down at a certain distance they've just figured it out jeff that's a it's a great product Great guys. Cody's got it going on over there, him and Asher. So check them out. Constantly innovating. Dive Bomb Industries. Check them out on Instagram. They've got a great Instagram page. They're a lot of fun to be associated with. Uh, and don't forget about the silhouettes. It's the, it's, they're the best on the market. Pack up nice and neat. It's the off-season right now, so they've all, we've stored them all up, and they're beautiful. So check them out, Dive Bomb Industries, for whatever you're looking for. And uh, if you're laying out in the middle of the spread, the kickback chairs and the tall socks are the way to go. And the greatest, <coughs> the greatest waiter company ever. 
<coughs> oh my goodness. <clears throat> another another new company that's come out that's just taken over that industry. Shingear, by far the best waiters. If I was going to be wearing waiters, that's what I'd be buying. I do wear waiters, and that's all I will ever get. Um, the boot fits like a dream. The material, the top material that they're made out of, it's it's durable, it's breathable. Uh, two things that you wouldn't figure would go together, but Jeff Jones over at Shin Gear has figured it out. They're the most comfortable. Like I, like I told Jeff when we had them on the podcast, there's, there's times, you know, I, I thought I could just hunt every day in these. They're that comfortable. And they've got a guarantee that they will stand behind their product for as long as you stand in them. So if you do have a problem, you, you get a little rip, maybe the seam happens to, to break loose, send them to the people over at Shin Gear. They'll get them turned around and right back out to you. That's how a company should be, Jeff. Great customer service. Let's talk about them boys over at Lucky Duck. <clears throat> they got a big boy kennel out. Five-star crash test rated. Lou, weight fluctuates a little bit. 80 to 100 pounds. He's finally got a crate that fits him. That's durable. Now, as rumor is, it is there really a fan that goes in that? Absolutely. So he has yes, his own air conditioning yes. Listen, system. Listen, it gets hot. It gets hot in the summertime in Texas. This nice, big, beautiful dog crate that I've got from Lucky Duck. It's got a fan that attaches to the front of it. Keep your pet nice and cool during the summertime. It's also got a pad. So, you know, he doesn't have to worry about He's getting older now, Jeff. i got to worry about his elbows. He can lay comfortably in this uh, five-star crash test rated kennel, and I don't have to worry about him. He's cool. He's comfortable. Not going anywhere. It's a great product. Uh, they've also got the best spinners on the market, and they also have the best A-frame that's out there right now. So it is the Lucky Duck 2x4 blind, four grown men. It's sturdy. It's stout. And it's what we use almost every single day out here. And we are not easy on our equipment, and they handle the torture test. So if you hunt out of A-frames, if you hunt on edges, there's even guys that put A-frames in the middle. If you're a big boy and you want comfort and you're sick of trying to let, had a guy today book a hunt and said, hey, I'm a fat ass and I do not want to lay a layout blind. What do y'all do? I said 90% of our hunts are done from an A-frame. Of course, the time he's here, we'll probably have to be laying probably, on our back. Probably have But to. I told him 90% of the time, and the reason why, it's comfort. If your customers are comfort and you can shoot better when you're sitting down as on your back. Yep. Makes things a whole lot better, so check out Lucky Duck. They've got tops now, too, so if you're a crane hunter and you're hunting out of these uh, A-frames, you just throw the tops on, and all of a sudden you're invisible. So, luckyduck.com. Also, go check out uh, Gundog Outdoors. Uh, check out, you know, you got to take care of your four-legged hunting buddy. They've got bumpers out. They've got collars. <clears throat> they've also got the patented quick-release system. Latches into your dog's collar. That dog does not go anywhere until you say so. You pull a little, pull a little string, and... Away it goes. I hook it up to Lou every single day. No matter how highly qualified your dog is, how highly trained your dog is, the quick release system is something that you could use. So um, keep Fido in check always. That is at Gundog Outdoors, and they're going to be at Duck. So if you're there in April, go check them out. Looking Glass Duck Club, our boy Logan Pyatt, him and Rebel. They put on a hell of a show. They have a Patreon account, and you donate to it every month, and then you get unlimited access to all of their episodes and you can check out the debauchery that they've got going on we actually just had logan on here here recently and he's a great guy they put on a hell of a show they're funny they're witty some people even call them smart jeff but it's for adults it is for adults so if you uh if you ride around with your kids i would suggest you not listening uh maybe then but you know you get by yourself maybe with the misses and pick up a few little pointers few little pointers from logan and rep it's a it's a fun time and I, I really, really enjoy listening to them banter back and forth. So that is the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. 
We're also brought to you by uh, Alpha Outdoor Specialties. They came out with a stand-filled stool. Sturdy little piece of equipment that goes in the A-frames, and you can sit your fat ass down and not sink into the dirt. No more buckets digging into your ass. Hemorrhoids are terrible. No sore back. No, no more sore back. Uh, but they can they can manufacture anything that you've got at, over at Alpha Outdoors. Uh, if you'll just get a hold of them, you can check them out. Alpha Outdoor Specialties. Uh, they're on Instagram. Shoot them a message, and they can. Uh, Thing, build whatever you want. They're geniuses over there. Good people make good stuff. He told me to tell you too that he will have the uh, what was the name of it he used? It's gonna be the thing in the blind for you to put your shit on. Oh, the the blind caddy. The blind caddy. He said, "Tell Andy you're making a blind caddy." For making him. a blind caddy. We're excited about that. So they're gonna call it the asshole Andy Shaver. The asshole Andy Shaver's coffee holder. So uh, be looking for that. It'll be out before this uh, hunting season. We're also brought to you by Steak Plains Meats. Listen, the price of meat in the grocery stores is, is entirely too high. If you've got the freezer space, you need to buy in bulk. Get your neighborhoods. If you can't buy whole beef by yourself, get two or three of your neighbors. Go together and buy one. You're saving money. The quality of meat's better. You know what you're getting. And for what you're paying for a pound of hamburger meat, you can be eating ribeyes. That's exactly right. And you're prepared for whatever comes next. And who knows what the hell? Who knows what the hell that's going to be? You've got meat on hand. You're not relying on truckers and grocery stores and many, many variables. You got the meat on hand, and you're ready for whatever. So, if you can afford it, if you've got the freezer space, go in with some buddies, check them out. Steak Plains Meats, and you can get whole beef, half beef, whatever you want, and uh, they, they also, do a very good job. They also do wild game there too. So check them out. Yeah. If you need to get something so processed. If you, if you shoot a deer or anything. Well, you're not doing it right now. Your neighbor's cow, your neighbor's pig. <laughs> take anything to them. <laughs> Just take it to them. And then when you get done doing that, you need a whis- little shot of whiskey. You do. And, and what makes the best whiskey, Sire Andy? Bangtail whiskey. Uh, they have also fought the supply chain shortage and glass bottles. They've got glass bottles. They're bottling up whiskey, and they're shipping it out just as fast as they can bottle it. You need to check them out. Bangtail whiskey. Brandon's a great guy, and uh, he's held his nose to the grindstone. And he has weathered the the supply chain shortage. Who'd have thought glass? Never two get, years ago, couldn't get whiskey for your. That's crazy because we of glass. got we got all the whiskey in the world, but we can't get bottles. So it, it's a it's a fun time to be alive. But Brandon has uh, he's stuck with it well, and I suggest that you go check him out at Bangtail Whiskey. Last but not least, we are brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Uh, do we have any dates at all? I we, know we dove have, season is pretty well gone. I've, I've got I've got can do some corporate dove hunts during the week. Tuesday through Thursday package. Check it out. Bring 20 guys up here. Cost you $10,000 for the weekend or for, for a three-day hunt, lodging meals, the whole thing. Where else can you take 20 clients out for ten grand and spend, and have a good time with them? Um, also, we have a new series going to be coming out on YouTube, but we have yet to name it. Anyways, be checking we'll out little feeders will be coming out, or little trailers will be coming out on it for the next two months, and it'll be coming out this summer. Anyways, that's stanfieldhunting.com, or you can call me at 940-658-3172. I do have dates left all three months, November, December, and January. I've got some pheasant dates left. I can do pig hunts in the spring. We can do turkey hunts next April. We're sold out for this April. And uh, basically, that's it. I appreciate y'all listening. Thank y'all for listening to the Big Conquer Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a part of your life. God bless you, and be safe. All right, this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Seth Dorch from the great state of Tennessee, Go Vols. He's an up-and-coming photographer. I'm sure you've seen his work. He does a lot of work for Benelli. Um, he's burning the roads down with Lee Chose up in Canada on some Benelli shoot and just a, a all-around great human being. We really enjoyed our time with him. He had to dig out. He had a midday turkey to go shoot, so 
uh, first half of the podcast is him, and then Jeff and I uh, just kind of go back and forth after that for a little bit. So we hope you enjoy it. Here he is, Seth Dortch. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, brought to you by Lucky Duck, the best spinners on the market and the best A-frame on the market. I'm Jeff Stanfield with the world-famous Sandy Shaver. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rocking and rolling. We got uh, Mr. Seth, and I'm probably going to butcher this. It's Dorch, right? Correct. Got it. Nailed it. From the great state of Tennessee, yeah? Yep, absolutely. How has... Proud Tennessee. Proud Tennessee. Go Vols, right? Oh, yeah. Does and, he? Uh, they'll they'll take you they'll take you on a heartbreak roller coaster real quick. Kind of like being a Longhorn or a Red Raider fan, yeah. Jeff. Clay, is, are you familiar with Clay Travis? Right? Are you familiar uh, with Clay? Finally, yeah, finally familiar. Yes. Yeah, Clay. He 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 puts the rook on Tennessee and everything y'all do, everything because he 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 guaranteed them going to the Final Four and he guarantees this and he guarantees that. Yet two days ago, it was the they are the lock to win the national championship in baseball. And I said, I put on his Twitter. I said, "Well, that guarantees that I'm pulling for a school from Texas, and you put the rook on him like you always do." He's bad luck. I, I, man, it uh, the whole, with with each different category of sports, I feel like has their own highs and lows, and depending on what team, you know, what category of team you keep up with, it a lot of it depends. Football, I mean, obviously is what most are diehard about, and that can be a high and low experience no doubt well peyton manning won a championship at every place that he played except for tennessee well happens that just gives the opportunity for somebody else to do again. <laughs> well t-, t martin did <laughs> so the, it worked yeah. for t martin but anyways so you are a very accomplished photographer correct yes, yeah. I, I would yes sir how, how did that all happen that passion yeah, so in regards to my creative journey, all, all growing up, uh, you know, when I got my first cell phone, we were, I was at least to the age to where my first cell phone had a digital camera. Um, so Motorola Razor uh, throwback. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever since then, as I got iPhones and things like that, I was always the guy in our crew um, that would just be taking photos of things, framing things up, asking the guy, you know, for post hunt pics, just things like that. Um, I was just always interested in it. And this was long before I had the knowledge or experience to, to run camera bodies and no post developing and all those things. Um, so when I went to college, I, I majored in agriculture business and I started out at university of Tennessee Martin, which is, just down the road here, about 15 minutes from where my wife and I live here in Union City, Tennessee. And so I went there two and a half years, and then I transferred to Middle Tennessee State University, which is in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And the, the difference in their programs 
where you had to have some some level of minor. Um, and so I went back and forth. I love to write. Um, so I thought about doing journaling, something of that category. Uh, the hours didn't line up. So I was like, well, I'm going to do film photography. So I, I learned experience of actual education with photography was first in the dark room, 35 millimeter film, um, the old school way of doing things, spending seven, eight hours in a dark room trying to pull my hair out and figure out what the heck's going on. Um, but it was so cool because, you know, most of the people in, in our photo department, um, they were very uh, design oriented, uh, studio uh, focus and, and and for me I you know I was an outdoorsman um, and so it was such a cool experience of of learning from them vice versa um, you know me sharing them about marketing things like that um, so that's where I got kind of my education and then from there it's just like anything else get your reps in um, and get as much practice and boots on the ground experience that you can get um, and it's been an incredible journey grateful for the the mentors and people that have um, giving me tips and tricks and encourage me, challenge me um, to keep pressing on um, and keep trying to, to be the best photographer and creative I can be. So you started out, you started out, you learned in the dark room on, on editing, on bringing out pictures and everything. We've had Wyman on several times. Yeah. Right? Wyman men's Yeah. And, yeah. And he talks about yeah. that and you kind of, you're holding your breath, you know, you kind of, you kind of, it's in the water and then like you pull it up and you're like, oh, please let me know that I got that shot. Cause I had it in my man, mind, it, but I'm not too sure if it, if it's going to pan out here. Yeah. Yeah. It's man. I have such mad respect for, I mean, you've got him, you know, all, all the guys that we see as goats, mm -hmm. um, in the industry now, regardless of whether it's hunting, adventure sports, regardless of what industry chose, you know, is definitely one of them. Um, that I've talked to a lot about that and the, the respect that I have because of that experience for these guys that made their names and, and made an impact on the industry during the film period and then switching over to digital, uh, man, just such mad respect because the hours spent, um, in the dark room, I mean, you could spend several hours trying to get one image right. And it, so it, it definitely, taught me the value of quantity um quality over quantity in regards to finished work um, because it is easy especially with the technology that we have with digital bodies now i mean you can just spray and play and you know rock and roll from there uh, which is a great ability to have when needed um, but definitely placing the, the emphasis and the value on quality over quantity when it comes to finished work so how is it, uh, what was your first, who was your first connection where you were like, okay, you know what? I might be able to make a career out of being a, a freelance photographer. Yeah, man, it, uh, I mean, I really up until actually going to school, um, and getting a minor in photography, I, I never had a massive emphasis on studying other professionals in that space it, it just just wasn't there yet and so as I a couple of the classes that we took um, we studied some of your old school photographers um, and and just seeing like okay they made a full-time career not only did they make a career off of it but they made such a legendary impact um, in their respective spaces so from there I started, you know, researching different people and, of course, 
Chose is one of them that is automatically going to pop up. He could be he could be in the room, and you wouldn't necessarily know the work he's done just the way he carries himself. Um, but once you start researching his work, and so you know, I've looked up to to guys like that for uh, a while now. Um, you know, I, I graduated at the tail end of 2018, and so I'm in some I I feel feel grateful to to be in this journey and in this space as long as i have but on the flip side i'm always reminded i'm still so young in it mm-hmm. um so even even now i mean i'm constantly learning ways um that you can do this confidently um and, and for a long term because that's at the end of the day that that's my goal for my career whether it's photography marketing outdoor industry and in specific um, is to do this long term and to frame that journey up in a healthy way um, for long term. And as life changes, I mean, I've you know I've got a wife of three, almost four years. I've got a newborn baby. You know, those dynamics drastically change your uh, abilities and your perspectives to what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, because at the end of the day, I could be you know kicking out banger content on social media, but if I'm not providing for my family. If I'm not leading my family well, then, you know, what I'm, I'm losing, uh, I'm on a losing battle big time. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, so taking those elements in and you look at um, different people that are doing that well um, and just trying to pick up as much as I can, be a sponge and, and apply it to my own journey. Because how long have you been doing this professionally, like where, where this is what you do? Yeah, so I... So in regards to um, just my career journey right now, um, when I graduated from from college in 2018, I came back full time for Final Flight Outfitters Incorporated. Mm-hmm. So that, that the Power Zone, Kelly Powers, one of the brothers, John Ed Tripp and Kelly, all three brothers. And so through that, um, I, I started shooting a bunch, too, whether that was for social media content, digital content, uh, but just on all of our hunts, um, I hunt with the Final Flight crew and you know, we're all, I'm always taking images and things like that. And so really that when I graduated, um, that's when I put a lot of action into my work and it was just trying to figure things out, trial and error, uh, a lot of failure, a, a lot of missed opportunities, a lot of missed shots. Um, but through that, and I truly believe that when you are, uh, from one standpoint, who you are, um, when people trust you and place value on who you are, and they also trust your work and place value on your work, um, that, that will speak for itself as time progresses. So in a lot of ways, I, I'm, I'm still early on in my journey in regards to, to having enough years of experience to where the, my experience speaks for itself mm-hmm. on the standpoint of, one, who I am and how I carry myself, and then on the standpoint of the work I do and, and what I'm capable of. Um, so really, t- right when I graduated college, 2018 was when it – you know, I just got to moving, got to working and figuring things out. That's crazy. So four years is all. And I mean, you know, you've got, you've got, you've secured some major brands that you're working for. You know, you got Benelli and I mean, there's just, there's a ton of, and you look at your work and you are like, you're a a baby compared to like guys like Chose and, you know, but you're making, you're making waves. Right. Yeah. Man, I think with anything, um, age, age, a lot of times we as humans can uh, make it a limiting factor. Um, so for one example, I love fitness. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I love everything about fitness. And a lot of times uh, age can, can seem as a limiting factor, whether you're too young to be able to do this or you're too old to be able to do that. Um, I think at the end of that, I mean, if you're, if you place enough emphasis on what you're wanting to do, um, you're going to figure out a way to do it. Um, and you're, you're going to, yeah, but that being said, you can figure out the ways to, to do a lot of things in really unhealthy ways to where you're either burning bridges or you're just right. trying to, you know, just do whatever you can. And so the, the whole approach, especially in the past four, four and a half years, um, is to, to handle the, the journey and the growth, um, in a healthy way, um, to where that, that way I can do this for, for a long time. Were you always a workout warrior or did, did or was this something that you picked up uh, just somewhere along this journey that you're on? Yeah. Yeah, good question. Um, man, and by workout, you mean fitness and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've always loved sports. Um, growing up, I was never like a, a, a weightlifter or a hardcore uh, workout guy. Um, I was just always playing sports, whether it was team sports, individual sports. Uh, that's what, and once I got into high school, I played golf and tennis and, um, really over the past, I'd say two, two and a half years, um, just a lot more emphasis on the, the value that I personally place on my fitness. And that's not just physical fitness. Um, but I, I see it in a, a holistic standpoint, physical, mental, and spiritual, um, and how all those impact each other. Um, because yes, you know, going and, and grinding out a, a solid workout, um, is great for my physical capabilities, but mentally it, it allows me to decompress depending on what's going on, whether it's professionally or personally, um, and then spiritually. Um, the things that I learn through my own journey of fitness impact my spiritual development and growth. Yeah, because you're, you're built like a brick shit house now. I mean, you know, you post these workout <laughs> pictures and you got abs on top of abs, and you know, you're doing all this all it's, this uh, fun stuff. Man, it's it's obviously it gets your reps in but mm-hmm. at the same time uh man i think for anybody and i i have this conversation a lot so for example with my wife being in post-pregnancy um my encouragement to just just get moving like i there's a i, I heard a quote one time um he said I, i've never heard anybody complain about looking too good or feeling too good <laughs> um and so the goal is to just you know the, the goal is to to just put in the work and and reap the benefits for your own personal well-being um of overall fitness and that you know you can be healthy move well look good um and be confident in that yeah so what uh what has the hunting been like in tennessee is it still like this this great you know you see these pictures and videos of tennessee waterfowl hunting is it still kind of cream of the crop and or has it taken a, a backslide in the in the last couple of because here you know it's all dependent on sure. weather and right. we've not had much weather. So I was curious how the hunting in Tennessee has been over the last few years. Yeah, man, overall, regionally, for obviously West Tennessee is your primary waterfowling region. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's what I'll, I'll talk on and focus on. Over, regionally, over the past three and a half, four years, um, it, it's been a grind for most of the region. Um, for example, I mean, two years we had crazy water, uh, you know, so that impact. So from, uh, past 10 to 15 years, I mean, it's for the most part, if you ask people, it, they would say that the overall quality 
of hunting is decreasing. Um, that being said, there's so many, I mean, and y'all know how it is. There's so many variables and dynamics that come into play with that. Because for example, if you, if you ask my dad who is 65 years old and asked him to compare the hunting now to the hunting during the mid eighties, early nineties to where it was just, you know, incredible. Well, obviously he's going to have a, a different perspective than right. somebody who hey, they got into, they got into waterfowling five years ago and you know, it's been the best thing yet. So, I mean, in regards to just seeing regionally, it's, it's gotten worse in regards to the quality of hunting um, for the most part that said, um, you know, you have your outliers because a lot of that is dependent on how many days do people get to hunt? How many, you know, how many different environments and spots and locations are people actually hunting? Are they, are you staying? And, and really the best part about it, I think in the tougher seasons that we do have, and this goes for anybody, I, I would hope that it would make you a better hunter to where you're not just so stuck in your ways of sitting in your comfortable blind mm -hmm. and not wanting to, to go the extra mile and put in those extra reps and the extra work. Um, to either try to find a new spot to where the ducks may be to eat. And so, you, you know, you, you go back and forth between those elements because some people, their hunting seasons have gotten worse because they just don't want, they, they've almost gotten complacent in what is comfortable for their hunting experience. Right. On the flip side, some people actually put in the work, go find the ducks and not whether they go find the ducks or whether they create and develop um, their land better, their habitat better. Uh, to be in better environments for these waterfowl as they come down and go up. Um, that, you know, that's what I talk to people all the time about. How much did you travel this last year? This last waterfowl uh, season? I, I, honestly, I, I didn't travel a whole, whole lot, thankfully. Uh, so for where the house that Heather, my wife and I, we bought here in Union City, it's about 11 minutes from the boat put in for one of our main blinds that we hunt with the final flight crew that the powers have. Um, and so with Lulu, she was born on December 30th. Um, so I, I tried to get all my mm -hmm. traveling in before that it kicked it off in October. Uh, we went up to, to Canada, um, to Alberta with, um, Benelli, uh, for Benelli production work. And now, then, did you do that with Lee? Uh, was Lee there with yes, that? Yes, I did. Yeah. What was yeah, that? Yeah, he was. What I was, was that like? I, I was just, I was, just, oh man, it was legendary. It was, uh, I was his shotgun rider for, almost three days and wow. man the, the conversations we had and um just it, it was really i'm just really grateful for our our time together because that was uh kind of the longest length of time that him and i have been able to to spend time with each other and a lot of that was you know drive time just talking about, i mean we talked about i mean literally anything you could think of and it was so good because in a lot of ways these, these people um, that you admire or have great respect and appreciation for, um, when you get to spend some time with them, it, they become a whole lot more human. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so good because that ultimately that's what we all want to connect on. Um, is not how legendary or epic our, our work is, but you know, who we are as people. Um, uh, there's a guy, Miles Adcox, he, he talks about, you know, placing an emphasis on not just what you do, but who you are. Um, and I got to learn a lot about who Lee just is. Um, and it was just so good. And so, you know, the things he shared with me and challenged me with and encouraged me with was, um, really solid. And I'm thankful for that. It's like being with a walk in history book. <clears throat> it, it, it is, man. It is. It's, it's incredible how he can, uh, 
keep all that capsuled up in his brain and remember the details of it all. I think all young people, if they could get around the old guy at the deer lease or the duck camp or the fishing camp or whatever it is and hang out with that guy and pick his brain. First of all, ever I'm old. I love to talk to young people and talk about the good old sure. days. Someone older than me, 25 years older than me, I love to listen to them because I like to hear about what it was like before. And I lived in the best waterfowl hunting ever, probably in the mid seventies. And I also went through some of the worst times ever in the early eighties when we or the mid eighties, when we went down to three ducks. So I've seen a lot of that and me and Lee's a little bit older than me, but I can relate to him on a lot of things. Well, you, you said something a minute ago. I feel sorry for someone that just got into hunting three years ago. I don't feel sorry for him as like, man, the poor guy. Just if that's your experience, because the last three years have been absolutely not, have been horrible compared to historically. So, you know, someone that's been waterfowl hunting for three years, if they say that's the best season I ever had, well, they really haven't seen much, so they don't have much to go on. But But that might be a good thing. They're not, they don't, they haven't seen waterfowl hunting when it was at its height. They just, they're appreciating it for what it is now, not what it was in the 80s. That's very true. Their built in, their built in uh, expectations are smaller. Right. But that's why. Absolutely. I, I'm jealous of you. I would love to ride around with Lee for three days and just talk about the old days and the especially up in Canada. Oh, like, that would be awesome. Right? Yeah, and that's that was my first time ever to Canada. Um, I'm with all the COVID stuff going. The Final Flight crew they go to Canada every year. I was going to go with them. Um, didn't happen. So that that was my first trip to Canada and to to have. I mean, basically, I felt like he was my Canadian uh, waterfowl. <laughs> tour guide just telling you know telling yeah yeah just telling me all you know just geographically and historically and how everything lines up and um just i really it was a brain dump overload i've, <laughs> I've got some notes when we finished the trip up um and i, I like going back and look because i mean at one point i was just like i have so much to process right now i don't even know how to <laughs> how to put it on paper uh, now, did you uh you're for, how far is Paducah, Kentucky, from you? Oh man, about fifty minutes to an hour, depending on what part you're going to. I was just up there shooting Bo Brooks' wedding this past weekend. Is that where? Uh, is that where Night and Hill came from? Was Paducah, Kentucky? Or uh, am I, or am I wrong? I'm not on sure. That? That's where. That's where. That's where Higdon Outdoors is out of. Maybe that's. that's where they I were, think that's what you're thinking. Or, about. Yeah. That's that's yep. maybe what I was thinking about because that area in there, I never think of Kentucky when I think of waterfowl hunting. No, I, just, I, I never do. And I, when I think sure. of Tennessee, I always think of being around Memphis, like south from Memphis, sure. which would be Mississippi. Right. So, but it's it's just crazy that that area because it goes from southern Missouri, that Boot Hill area there, to Illinois, yep. to Kentucky to tennessee and that, that that area is a hotbed for waterfowl now, y'all, well, and one of the best one of the best goose callers comes from kentucky feel the hudnall boys aren't they they're from kentucky aren't they yep so they're they're more i mean basically and they hunt a lot on the river right on the illinois kentucky line um and yeah they're from that that whole area i'm not sure what specific uh town or community they're from but i mean you know he's one of the best to ever step on a stage and He's from Kentucky. What and were you going to say, Jeff? I just ne- you never think of that. And that mm-hmm. area is very historically a really cool, cool, good area. How far is Real Foot from where you're at? So from where I'm sitting right now in my office at our house, I could be at Real Foot in 35 minutes. I've always wanted to see that place. 
I, I just, I can't imagine. It's, uh, it's yeah. The Taj, is that where the... It's the fucking 5,000 decoys and stuff. And right. I just, that just blows my and mind. Like the living room under it, the blind? Just all yeah. of that. I mean, they've just... In, they've, it's incredible, man. The the lake, the lake in itself has so much history and the nostalgia and um, just the the wildlife there um, is incredible. Um, from, I mean, from fishing to hunting, um, it's very, very rich, obviously, in outdoors history. Um, and especially with waterfowl and call making all those things, it's got a, it's got a deep, uh, deep root to just the overall heritage of waterfowling in itself. That, that is in, in now, correct me if I'm wrong here, but that lake started when they had the big earthquake that made the Mississippi river run backwards for three days. Am I right? That is correct. Um, there's actually, so here in Union City, Discovery Park of America, the massive, massive interactive museum for kids and adults. Uh, they've got a whole earthquake simulator that you can come actually go inside and simulate the earthquake taking place at Real Foot, which is really, really cool. Jeez. That, that would be interesting. How, how, when, when did this happen? 18, what, 28, 1840 something? Uh, I don't remember have, the exact date. I'd that. have to Google it. But Google they, it. Yeah. they had a major earthquake happen. The, and the Mississippi and, ro- ran back And ran backwards for three days. So if that runs dry, it's going to take another massive earthquake for it to fill up again. Well, uh, I don't yeah. think it's going to ever run dry, but it's one earthquake away from being empty. What do you mean? Well, they could 18, have another 11 to 18, 1812. Yeah. What do you mean that's one earthquake away from if being empty? If it has another earthquake, it could change it all again and it could go go dry. I mean, it's you just it, it was never That's what I'm asking. The Mississippi ran backwards and fl- and filled real foot. Yeah, and I'm assuming it gets runoff also now. But mm-hmm. one day we could have another earthquake like that, and it could drain the son of a bitch, and there wouldn't be a lake there. Maybe I mean, but- absolutely. Well, I mean, if you ask if you ask people that lived in that area before that earthquake happened, hey, you ever think an earthquake could <laughs> happen and create the create road? They'd be like, man, it's BS. Oh, yeah. So it same thing. Which we're with us being on the fault line, we are. I mean, we're due a a massive earthquake at some point. They've talked about it and talked about it for past years y'all have had 19 earthquakes in the last year where you live at probably not you probably didn't even notice them probably yeah i probably haven't felt any of them but or but, or i may have and i wasn't even thinking about it the only one i've ever noticed here i saw the toilet water sloshing and that was it and that was that was it that was the one we had that was like three point something but that I area, was on the road when that happened I, the roads are shitty out here so i was like oh it's just bumps in the road i guess but well it, wasn't, it, it, it didn't make the roads bounce i don't think well i mean it had it it wouldn't have had an effect on me no no my, my, but that area up there is they say the next really bad bad one's going to be so there might be another real foot lake in 10 years that we don't even know about right now can't ever tell, man. That's crazy. Uh, it just They say that, that if an earthquake hits an area, like out here where we have a – south of the river, we have really good irrigation. North of the river, there's no water, no irrigation. Mm-hmm. We could have an earthquake hit here, and it could change that even. Wow. I mean, just th- sure. I mean you think about it. In 1809, some guy was farming Real Foot Lake. Mm-hmm. He woke up one day, and he was under <laughs> fucking water. Shit. It's like, what the hell happened? Water. incredible, man. How, really surely is. that water's going to go down, honey. Well, hundred years later, hundred two hundred years later, it's still there. <laughs> here so. we are, <laughs> still here. Did they ever put to rest what happened on Real Foot Lake? Uh, was it last year or two years ago? That shooting. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was exactly one year, uh, January 
he was 31st. Um, so yeah, so Chance Black and Zach Grooms, um, were killed on Roofit Lake while they were waterfowl hunting. Um, and so that, that, that's case closed. Um, in regards to, uh, the suspect, he ended up dying himself. Um, and, uh, frostbite, that whole deal felt went in the water. And so there was, ne- you know, with that happening, there was never a initial like cause of action to be found and things like that. Um, Natalie Krebs actually with Outdoor Life did a whole piece on it that anybody that is listening to this can go look up and research and read and, and get a lot of good info off of it, how she framed that up. Did he just go loco? I mean, was he, did he have Alzheimer's dementia or something like that? So there, there was definitely, uh, health concerns that had been taking place over the years. Um, a lot that we, you know, we don't even know, um, that the family made I'm not sure. Um, but I, I know overall, and that's one thing we've kind of talked about is, uh, just mental health, uh, making sure, I mean, for example, all the people we hunt with and spend time with checking in on each other, you know, making sure things are good, things like that. There was, uh, in regards to the, uh, the boys and, and, and him, um, there was never, any finalization of confrontation or conflict that had taken on before, uh, this all happened. Um, so, you know, it's really a, uh, lack of closure in that sense in regards to what specifically led, um, him to do that or to that point. Cause one of the boys worked with you at final, at, uh, final flight, right? Correct. So, so Chance and Zach were both from, uh, our, our region here, Northwest Tennessee, Chance Black, he was one of our manager, our firearms managers at Final Flight Outfitters. Um, and I mean, even when I first came to college up here, uh, before I, I started the, my, the fall, fall year, fall of my freshman year at Final Flight, fall of 2013. Um, and we had already met and, you know, we spent a lot of time together. Chance was incredible guy. Uh, we, I mean, just, it's, uh, it's, it's a tragedy in every sense. Um, but in all of that, uh, God gives us the ability to take tragedy, um, and use it for monumental impact, um, because we can't control, uh, all of our experiences, but we can control how we respond, um, and how we use those opportunities. And so, for example, um, we've started with the families uh, of the two boys, um, they're spearheading this memorial foundation hunting for a lifetime. You can find it on social media, find the website. Um, and so basically we are helping them, uh, move the needle on this initiative, uh, to raise funding, um, to, to eventually winning applicants to, to gift them a Tennessee lifetime hunting license. You oh, have wow. to be a resident of Tennessee. Um, but those hunting licenses are in, uh, honoring them, them and, and what they love to do most, um, is they would want to be hunting for a lifetime. Um, and so it's, it's given us opportunity to, to do something good with it. It's crazy. I mean, it's a crazy story. Two guys just out hunting and joy in the morning and then well, there tragedy. Was, there was three guys. Oh yeah. One guy. I'm um, going to tell you what, just, old men, when they get dementia, some of them get really mean and violent. Yeah. I mean, they really do. And that's, that is a horrible tragedy the whole way. And you could play that scenario over a thousand times yeah. and you would never expect sure. someone yeah. to do something like that. That's a sure. deal. Prayers for their family. It's just a horrible, horrible deal. I recently saw somebody. There was a there was a boater, and anyway, there was two people on a jet ski. The jet ski tips over. The boater swings back around, 
to get rescue these people. They're they're about to drown. They'd been out there for a while. They couldn't get, I guess, couldn't get back to the jet ski, whatever. And the boater, he turns around. He has his wife in the boat, turns around to pick up these people that are drowning in the water, pulls out a lady, pulls out the guy. The guy gets belligerent and, like, starts an altercation on the boat. And I guess he, oh, wow. he had drugs in his system, I think is what they had said. But starts, a, starts like, trying to throw the husband and wife overboard and to, to take the boat. And the guy that saved the guy from the water ends up having to shoot the guy that he just saved. Well, and it's all on it's all on nine one one. Like his wife's on nine one one as it's all going on, so you can like hear them back and forth. Like just sit down, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna take you where you need to go and shoot them. That's not mental health. That's wow, fucking like, whacked out yeah, drug health, probably. And the girl was like, "Listen, when he picked <clears> me up, <throat> I w- I had concerns about what he had ingested, and anyway, they ended up capsizing their jet ski. Life is very thin line, boy. I tell you, it's it's it is." is. Joining duck hunt. That's a horrible deal. Yeah. So, what are your plans for this? We're going to start wrapping up because I know you got to go. Uh, spring and summer. Yeah, man. I, yeah. What all are you going? Uh, are you just going to turkey hunt around Tennessee? Are you traveling any? What have you got planned? So, yeah. So, over the next couple of weeks, uh, finishing up our turkey season, I'm not traveling a whole lot um, in regards to travel. So, my, my brother in law, they have a family farm in middle Tennessee. So, that, that'll kind of be the, the length of my travel for turkey hunting. That's where we've been hunting a good bit. Um, so, I'll finish up around here, going on hunts, spending time with some of the powers that, that like to hunt. Um, I'm actually, that's why I've got to go at 11. Heather, she, she works, she's a labor and delivery nurse that works night shift. So, uh, Lulu's at daycare, so we're gonna go try to shoot a midday tom uh, Ooh, on a fun. piece of property that we know of. Um, so, man, yeah, man, I mean, just trying to get outdoors and also uh, heed the responsibilities of dad life and uh, taking care of things on the home front right now. What's your normal day like? Because I mean, I follow you on Instagram, and you know, you you work out, you're constantly cooking, you're always reading something, you're always hunting, you're always taking pictures. Are you like just burning the candle at both end 18, 20 hours a day, or how's this all shaking out? And you're a dad Man, on top I, of it. You're a new dad. So add something yeah, else it, to uh, it. In regards to my Whoop fitness tracker, my, my sleep has definitely been struggling. <laughs> um, that, that being said, I, I, I'm, I'm not a, uh, I don't place a massive emphasis on being uh, the approach on life to where you're just, sleep deprived and there's this whole kind of misconception and the run and gun way of life to where you've got to go so hard to where you, you just burn out. Mm -hmm. Um, actually heard, uh, I can't remember who or what it was I was reading, but it was kind of talking about uh, the issue of burn being burnt out, uh, whether it's work, whether it's just life in general. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, if we could learn to rest better and, and rest in more healthier ways, uh, that'd be a lot more beneficial than running hard uh, and, and just burning out. Um, and so that that's kind of the approach that, that I take. Um, I would, just who I am and my personality, I'm one that uh, I usually have to pull the reins back on or my wife has to pull the reins back on rather than, you know, trying to get me up off the couch and go do something. Um, so that's, I mean, every day kind of looks different right now uh, with with having a child. Um, so like I said, my wife, she works night shift at the hospital on labor and delivery. Um, 
so a typical day with that may look like, um, you know, she, she's getting off work. I'm waking up, waking Lulu up. Um, and then Heather, she tries to sleep some during the day. So I'll, I'll be on daddy duty with Lulu for out, you know, a couple hours, uh, try to eat all throughout that period. Um, I try to eat at least four or five meals a day, smaller meals, just depending on what's going on. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes it does. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and then in regards to, to my workouts, they're usually in the afternoon, um, anywhere between two, four o'clock, depending on what's going on and how Heather and the baby are doing. Um, and then throughout all that, just trying to get my work done, um, trying to, to grow my own self. Uh, there, there are specific times and things I do uh, to make sure that I am taking care of my, my mind, body, and soul. Um, and so in the morning times before I really get rocking and rolling, I'll just have time with the Lord and spend time with him and talk about anything that, that may be, I may be wrestling with, struggling with, I'm uh, just trying to grow it, whether it's reading a book, reading a Devo, devotion, whatever it may be. Um, and so that's kind of typical day all, you know, and then you start cramming in all the different variables of whatever job responsibilities may be that day or what's going on and things like that. So, um, it's, it's really my, my whole, uh, mentality since we had Lucy Lynn is just adapt and overcome. Um, cause I feel like every day uh, you're just adapt and we're all, we all are y'all all y'all, both of you guys are, you're adapting to whatever the day brings and you're trying to overcome uh, whatever that obstacle is that you got to get done and, and turn into opportunity. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Well, listen, man, uh, we're cl- we're coming up on eleven o'clock, and you've got a, a midday Tom to go get. So uh, we're gonna, we're going to try to, but no, thank you know, thank you guys for, for having me on. We'd love to have another conversation. Absolutely, uh, when we can have a longer conversation too, um, and hopefully, uh, if I kill a Tom, I'll, I'll shoot you a shoot you a pick. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, listen, man, it's been uh, it's been a fun conversation. We'd love to have you back on uh, here before we get rocking and rolling with hunting season. So sometime late spring, summertime, we'll get you back on whenever uh, we get all this Starlink stuff figured out and won't have such a late start time. But uh, listen, it's been a pleasure. It's fun that. to follow you on uh, Instagram. And uh, the, the hunting community needs more people like you because you're a very positive voice and uh, a positive inspiration for a lot of people. So it's been a pleasure, my friend. And go kill that Tom. Seth, God bless you. Your little daughter's very blessed. I can tell that you've, she's got great parents. Uh, the best wishes. Have a great summer, my friend. Roger that. Thank you, guys. Thank you. See ya. Seth Dortch. His parents done a hell of a job. Yeah. He's a good kid. He is a good kid. Young, too. Young, has a lot of focus in his life. He's on even kill. Seems like a really good dad. Talked about the Lord, talked about his daughter, talked about family. Good guy. It is a million degrees in here. I yeah, forgot it's to, not that hot. I forgot to turn that air conditioner it's on. It's not that I'm, hot to me. It's I been am. hot. It was 100 degrees yesterday. going to be 100, 100 today. The wind's today. going 75 freaking miles an hour at the southwest. I'm getting concerned. About the drought? Yeah. You shouldn't be because it's going to happen. I mean, I can see where you're concerned, <laughs> but it's going to happen. Just I, don't even guess, worry about it. Yeah, it's going to happen. We're we're in for a big drought. But what's, but what's scary is it's not just regional, like, no, it's going to go it's from, from here to the Dakotas. Yes. Like Blake mm-hmm. is. The snow guys in the Dakotas, they got the, the snow in the Dakotas is a blessing for the ducks. Right. The ducks are going to have great nesting grounds. Yeah. They may not have anywhere to go for food much this year. We're lucky because we have pivots in irrigation. The places that have irrigated food are going to be fine. <clears throat> the dry land stuff, I'm really concerned about. Let me see the drought. 
index. Map. It's going to be red. But, I mean, I was talking to Blake the other day, and he's like, this is, it's not, it's not fun. It's not good. No, it's horrible. Like, I mean, I'm, when I say you shouldn't worry right about now. what it, I'm saying is, is it's going to, it's here. Unless we get lucky and we get a stalled low pressure system that just gets disconnected and, and stalls out somewhere in, in, in the panhandle of Texas. There to, she to, is, right And there. see, we're still in the yellow where we are. We're not near as dry as is, and you get you get a little bit further east of here, and it's not bad at all. Right. But you get south between Childress to Lubbock to Amarillo, it's horrible. And then Dalhart area up there is bad. But I mean, basically, Blake is right right so there. He's, he's right there. He's so still he's, in the yellow a little still bit. Still in the yellow also. But it's bad. There are places Lubbock north to Amarillo, yeah, that have had less than four inches of rain in eight months. Mm. And we are our window our our. Our window for moisture starts about now and goes right. till about June 21st. Right. We are in that, that that 60 day stretch we're starting right now is our wettest time of the year. Yeah. We got a chance of rain on Sunday. We got a chance of rain Thursday and Friday. And it just takes one good thunderstorm to really catch you up a lot. But you have to have one good thunderstorm. Like and, I was telling them, if we don't get the sp- the May and June rains. Like it, it's going to be to the because it's going to get hot, July and August probably be hot in September, but like if we go all that time without substantial rain, it's going to take a hurricane hitting at the right spot. That's right. And I mean, we haven't had the best track record of that in the last couple of years. In so. the last twenty years, we haven't had a good hurricane rain in a long time. But every day is a day closer to getting out of the drought. That is true. So we got to look at it on the I positive just, side. So every ten years we have a drought, which you know harp is to blame. Just don't get into all that. But every ten years, so 2011 we had a drought. It's now 2022, so 11 years. But what's bad is I don't feel like we really got out of the drought until 2016. We we didn't get out of the drought till about 2013. 2013. We were in a drought from 12, 11, 12, and 13 basically. 14 to 21 were good. We had seven years of really good water. And good rains. It doesn't feel it, like no. It, was it never that does long. because we only remember the bad times. Well, that's true too. We never ever ever think about this. There, I could have swore it was sixteen when everything no. filled up real and, good. And what happened in two thousand eleven? The small Canada geese all moved. That is true. Yes. And so we may be looking at another someone. I hadn't thought about somewhere. That. Oh yeah, that's when the little Canadas really changed their patterns. They, so they they went from Great Bend to Wichita, Kansas. They went from here. To, to Lubbock, to Amarillo, Oof. and that's if that. If you look at that map, that's right where they're. That's where they're all the at right now. Of it. Yep, and they're in at by Amarillo. So who it's knows? Gonna, it's going to be interesting if this all takes place. And if but it's not just happens. here; it's San Antonio. It's all through the. I mean, right? We 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 need some major major rain. Are they going to go? Even Colorado's into a drought. So let's say let's play let's play the what if. Why game. don't we do this in June after we see what we get rain in the next two months? Because well, it ain't gonna do you no good. Well, let's do it in April. If this persists, it's gonna be interesting to see if the Canada geese stay further up here or if they come possibly back down to here. But the problem is if they don't get rain, we probably don't get rain. Well, so we're in the same boat. We do have one big lake that's got water in it. We got two. As them. So I don't know. It's the, the, the problem right up there is you don't have a lot of lakes. Right. What you have is playas, and they're all bone dry. Yeah. They're they're as worried as we are right now. Now, Amarillo has city water that runoff, so they have some water there. Lubbock has city water, right. too. And that helps both of those areas. But 
it's it's Western Oklahoma, all of that. I mean, we're in a major. It's going to be a major deal. The other problem is is going to be food. Yeah, if, all if, the way if, down if the flyway. If them guys plant all cotton in the Texas Panhandle and Southwest and South and Western Oklahoma, and it's all cotton because they're doing it on the the, the price and and thinking, knowing it's going to be a drought. Farmer's hedging his bets. He's smart. Mm-hmm. He knows that if we're in this big drought and he plants cotton, it don't come up. He's going to at least collect an insurance check. Right. If he waits and plants insurance, he ain't going to get near as much money. If he plants wheat, I mean, so. That is what's going to happen there, that's, and that's going to be a lot of places. But, you know, there's a lot of irrigated corn in Nebraska, but all that dryland corn and wheat up there won't make. I'm well, sure and Blake and them are facing right now. Are they going to have wheat to cut this year? I, I know they've disastered a lot of wheat out already in southwest Oklahoma, and I'm sure some around here has been disastered too. Yes, yeah. I mean, a lot of it has. But And they're on water allocations up there. They can't just turn right. it on, and it and it's – Heavily restricted. Back so. to my deal on the Ukraine money. We could have taken all that Ukraine money, desalinated. desalinated, and built some. You know what? You could even you could even figure a way out to take the Columbia River and to build uh, not the Columbia River because the 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 Yellowstone and the Missouri River, the yeah. Missouri River that goes right across up there, and you could do a canal system to come straight down from it. To come right down the middle of the Texas Panhandle, and you could branch off of it. They got them in Mexico, all four, all for, all European countries. They have canal systems everywhere. We don't have one here in America. We got small ones, but we don't have big ones. That right there, how much water goes from the Missouri to the Mississippi that goes right into the Gulf of Mexico? We don't ever get used in good fresh water. Yeah, we could use that water from Western Nebraska down to us, and you could build a canal system. Charge people whatever it is to get water out of it if they want to, but get the farmers an option. Talking about a jobs project, Obama, since you're running everything in the White House, that would be a really good jobs project. Did you see the Easter Bunny had to rescue poor Biden? Yeah, today he got asked about mass mandates. Uh-huh. And he's, no, 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 no. He got asked about Title 42, about the opening of the border on the southern border, why they weren't going to close it down completely. And he went straight to mass mandates. He doesn't have a clue what's going on. And it's, it's obvious that he is in some kind of mental distress. Obvious. And it's obvious he isn't running the place. Whoever's running the place should be put in prison. Kamala. That is that is good. No, it's not Kamala. You don't think it's Kamala? No, it's Obama. Obama and Valerie Jarrett and all that, that, that same people that ran it when Obama was in office are the people running it again. And I did. I felt bad for the guy. He got plum. Oh, he's 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 he, he don't, got plum turned around. But he doesn't say he's gonna run again in twenty twenty four. Now he, Bernie Sanders says he's running too. Two decrepit old fuckers. comes he's talking who do you think's in the they Easter said Bunny? that's one of his uh one of his uh advisors oh it was yep so they were planning like listen if he gets out of you know, you know, he and he still doesn't know where to go you know he's he don't he's clueless she's fixed to come get his ass again <laughs> i mean that's the president of the united states i'd be like listen, you gotta go bunny i can talk to whoever the hell i want to well, can you imagine the bunny coming pushing donald trump away from talking to people he'd have done this well did you yep. see his wife his wife, I guess they were going to read a book, kind of like Obama and, and his... He got fucking nervous right there. He's like, who the hell is this? Yeah. Could you imagine having dementia and then this big-ass Easter bunny, this big-ass bunny comes to you? Look at his face. Oh, my God, what is this? Yeah. They've got him... They got him so doped up. Um, <clears throat> But he was... Him and his wife were going to read a, a, an Easter story, and she ended up reading it, and he was like, look at that. He's like, well, they're not going to let me read today. And she's like, well, you can read. Yeah, that, it's 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 all a farce, and everybody knows it. 
hundred years from now, we're going to be the biggest idiots in the world of the American public who just went along with our government. We, it's funny too, because we always talk about propaganda. You know, the Germans, they used propaganda all the time in World War II. Those people thought that we, they had taken over New York City, because that's what they were told them. Really? They told them that the Third Reich had taken over New York City and we had bombed it, and that people in New York City were eating cockroaches and blah, 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 this, and all this stuff that they'd bombed the shit out of it. Because mm-hmm. that's the propaganda they were telling them. They controlled the media and everything else. Right. <clears throat> we're in the same damn boat here. If it wasn't for the internet and us be able to see other stuff, we wouldn't know. They tell you whatever they want to tell you, and you'd believe it. Well, I mean, you wonder how much of that they did here when there were only three channels in a newspaper. I'm fixing to make a really serious decision this week. Uh-oh. Fixing to drop Netflix, I think. Really? I don't watch it anymore. They went up on my subscription. Right. I wonder if that's why they're bleeding viewers. Oh, I think the problem with their viewers is a lot of the wokeness has got them. That, 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 what did they do that was woke? They had that series about them little girls. Uh, oh, that from I two years remember. ago? The dance shit? No, yeah, what was that called? That that's just one, and then they signed that big contract with Obama's come out, and they, I think they 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 pushed all that fucking woke leftism, all that stuff. Everybody's a victim bullshit, and I think people got sick of it. There ain't much on there I want to watch anyways. There really isn't. I don't even turn. I haven't turned on uh, cuties. Cuties. Is that what it was? That kind of stuff. I think I think a lot of that stuff is just caught up to them. Hmm. I think people just uh, all of it. The, the, the cuties bullshit, the Obamas bullshit. I did see where Netflix is, is, is canceling the Obamas. They're canceling them? Yeah, they're supposed to be getting rid of them on their set, but I think they're, they know it. People people are t- tired of the Obamas. You know, 20% of the people love them. The other people in the world don't really think they're troublemakers. We never had a problem with all the crap we have in the world right now until the Obamas got in office. We really didn't. Things were going really good, and then they pulled it. They they tried. They did more diversion. They did more division than anybody we've ever had in round office, and I really believe that. Obama sent an exclusive deal with Spotify, and I heard they canceled that deal too. Huh. That, that's what it was. It wasn't Spotify, Netflix. It was Netflix. Spotify that that ended their deal with them because they can see the writing on the wall. Everything the Obama's, Obama's touch turns to shit, including the United States. Wonder what wonder what kind of deal they signed. Was it Joe Rogan type money? I think it was good, supposed to be. And they're ending it. Yep. Um, Jeff, uh, what? The Ozarks two comes out here pretty soon, so just keep it a little bit longer, Jeff. Do y'all watch it? <sighs> Some. Do you, uh, if y'all do, I'll keep it. I don't uh, mind. It's twenty dollars a freaking month. It's not going to end of the world. I just don't. We we don't watch it anymore. Well, if you don't watch it, you do what's best for you, Jeff. Well, I don't care. If you guys watch um, it, does Payne have my Netflix, too? Or does he have his own? I think he's got it. All I right. did get into Payne's HBO Max. Uh-huh. I started watching the new Batman. That fucker's dark. So you're not letting Reese watch it? Oh, shit, no. No, 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 Why no, do no, they no. do that? It's dark, dark, dark. I don't understand that. Dark. That's even like the Harry Potter deal. Why did you get so... Bring back Harry Potter when he was young with the little kids and make it magic and stuff. And you got all these kids wanting to watch it and families and stuff. I don't. I, did, I don't. Well, Harry Potter makes sense because the kids grew up with no, Harry Potter. No, no, I understand. So, that. like when they started one, they were ten or twelve, and then by the time eight or nine or whatever came out, they were twenty-two, twenty-three. They could do the same thing with with Harry Potter that they did with Menudo. What's you don't even Menudo? know who Menudo is. Mm-mm. Menudo was a Mexican boy band. And they would be from ten to thirteen years old. And when they got thirteen, when when they started taking longer showers, they booted them out and got another kid come in, and and it went on forever. I think Ricky uh, Martin was a Menudo. I think it was Menudo was the name of it. 
But anyways, that's what they do. They, they it was like five Mexican, Hispanic, Latino, Spanish. I don't know what the hell they were. Kids. And as soon as they would get a, a, a little bit older, they would boot them out and get another kid in. They were real popular for a long time. Fucking do the same thing with Harry Potter. Take the kids till they're 12 or 14 years old and get another one. Are they losing subscribers also? Like, I, the, Huge. <clears throat> but like just the, they lost 200,000 people last quarter. They're losing 70,000 viewers a month. But how much of that is also... Netflix had to know this was coming as soon as the lockdowns ended. Well, I would think a little bit of that, too. I agree with you on that. I think that they're living in that, that they were expecting this pandemic deal to go forever. That's why so many of them pushed for that shit, because they knew it. But Well, absolutely. But 200,000 subscribers, that's that's 70,000 a month. That's a lot of extra money. Disney, Disney's lost 600,000 subscribers at $7 a month. Right. That's $4.2 million a month. Once again, all these streaming services had to know that this was going to come <clears> as soon as everybody went back to work. They had to know it. I would have thought so, too. I mean, if your whole, if you saw a surge as soon as people got locked down, like you've got to imagine you're going to see a, a massive crater when everybody gets back to work. Netflix blames it on people sharing their passwords. Oh. They had 221 million subscribers, and now they're down to 200, or 221.6, and now they're down to they're down from two. Oh, they 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 was down from two hundred and twenty one point eight million in the prior quarter to two hundred and twenty one point six million. Now, they says they say that there's a hundred additional million additional households. Over thirty million are in the U.S. and Canada that share passwords like you that are crooks. <laughs> so that it's not just me. No, there's a hundred million households. There's a hundred million of us. Thirty million in the U.S. and Canada. So ten percent. No, I don't know how much. I don't know what Canada's population. Let's just say 7% of the people in U.S. and Canada are bootlegging someone else's Netflix. <laughs> Freaking Democrats. HBO Max is the same way. Uh, they all are. I don't know how they, I don't know how that they could, I don't know how they can change that. You'd have to, it'd have to go off of your IP address. I would, you'd have to that, block. That would be the only thing. But how much money is that going to cost? How much is that little bit of technology going to cost these companies? You know, I've been I watch HBO Max a lot. I, I I really like the series on the Lakers. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, now that I got Payne's password, I'm and started. I've, I I'm almost done with Boardwalk Empire. Steve Buscemi, boy, what a great actor. He's right up there with Frank Gallagher. He's a good actor. He's they look a lot alike stuff. too. Yeah, boy, look like he had a rough ass life. Mm. But anyways, that that series I've really enjoyed, and there's two more now on there that I want to watch that I, that I'm going to get to. And it'll take me all summer to watch them. I just don't watch as much TV now. But I always thought, shit, how can you do that for six or seven dollars a month? Right. And then you see a hundred million people fucking subscribing a month. Well, that's five hundred to seven hundred million a month. Yeah, that's a I lot of freaking. You know, if if Netflix is two hundred and twenty million people and the average person is paying five dollars a month, they're raking in a billion dollars a month. Is that 220 million times five would be a billion dollars, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a billion dollars a month. So they're bringing in $12 billion a year. That's how you do it at $5 pop. I talked to Payne last night. He wanted to make sure I got into his HBO Max. I bet he really did. And without any problem. He was going to have to boot somebody if, 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 if I didn't get in. But um, he was saying that Apple TV is trying to make a deal with the NFL. NFL. They are. And then, Sunday ticket's going to be on Apple TV. Really? I don't have Apple TV, I don't think. You could get it. I think you can get it. 
It's just an app. You don't have to have an Apple TV then? I don't believe so. So whatever fucking high-dollar TV they bought me will work. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, it's just an app. Like, you could get it on this TV right here. I'm going to tell you right now, when Payne comes home, I'm going to have him wire my whole house to all their TVs and so I can do away with Dish. Because I pay for Dish and YouTube. Yeah, it's silly. Well, my, my, it, I, I negotiated down to Dish, and I got it cheaper than what I was paying for the... Between the two of them, it's cheaper than what I was paying for one of them. Right. So I'm not complaining. The money's not the, is not no different. No, money's no object for you. No, I didn't say that. Money's no different than it was. Actually, actually <laughs> cheaper than it was. But I don't watch... I don't ever turn on freaking Dish. I don't know what these... I don't know what they're going to do. TV in the last two years has changed dramatically. Everybody's getting better internet now, for one thing. But I mean, I just don't know what companies like Dish and DirecTV and all these... Because, you know, when you were a kid, it was you had cable. Well, I was a kid. At first time, it was Rabbit Ears. Three right. channels. And then I was when I was a kid, we first got Dish. And then now it's like there is no... There's so many different options. There's so many different ways that you can maneuver to get fucking fantastic television. You don't just have to have Dish or DirecTV. It's these streaming services. So I don't know what basic cable, I don't know what their plan is. They got to be they got to be scared. Your kids watch something on TV at my house all the time. It's about a bear and these little minion little oh, fuckers. Yeah. What is that called? Grizzly and the Lemmings. That's on Netflix. I always feel sorry for the grizzly bear. Yeah, he kind of gets a he kind of gets screwed. He gets shafted. It's like the coyote in the fucking Roadrunner. Every once in a while, I want to see the coyote eat the Roadrunner. Jeff. And they could have got another Roadrunner. Just like Menudo. There's no history. It's always the same thing over and over again. HBO grows to nearly 77 million total subscribers. But who is who? Who makes that Grizzlies and the Lemmings or Grizz and the Lemmings? I don't know. Is that a Disney deal? No, I think it's Netflix exclusive. Okay, so it's a Netflix thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, because they watch it all the time, yeah, and I catch my and I catch myself show. watching it with him sometimes, and I'm thinking I'm going for the fucking bear, and I don't know why I know he's just going to lose, but I don't understand. Okay, so th- that's who does it then? Netflix? Okay, I never did because there's never no there's no commercials or nothing in it. And I was wondering, yeah. and so every time after it's over, I think I wonder who does that. Yeah, it's seven minutes, and they love it. Uh, HBO and HBO Max had 76.8 million subscribers at the end of the first quarter of 2022. That marks a 3 million subscriber increase from the previous year. And then how many did Netflix? 222 million? Yes. So they HBO lost. Max is still. How, how many does HBO Max have, did you say? 77 million. To tw- They're a third behind. 22 million. But HBO Max is a lot cheaper. It's $6. <laughs> no, it's not. It's $10. I'm paying six dollars. No, I'm not. For Payne HBO does. Max, Payne does. I don't even pay for it. So it's ten dollars, ten dollars, or fourteen dollars with no ads. Okay. Because I was going to get it if if y'all had taken all of Payne's logins up. You big spender. But I was going to do it. All his logins up. What do you mean? You only you can only log in a certain amount on so many devices. Oh, well, we only have it on one TV. Right. Zach's also got it. Payne's also got it. So how many TVs are you allowed to have? I don't know. But I was prepared. I was going to watch the new Batman, which is very, very dark. Re-scared the shit out of me last night. So I was editing podcast and uh, just kind of watching. And it's got creepy fucking music. It's got a creepy, creepy uh, Nirvana song I'd never heard of. Um, what's it called? Something 
Well, I'm not going to watch it anyway. Something in the way. But anyway, it's a creepy song. So this isn't a movie. It's a series that come out? No, it's a new Batman movie. It's a new Batman movie. But it did it yes. not come on at the movies? Yeah, it did. It, was it a bust? No, I think it did very well. came out this fall. But Oh, it is old then. People just... That's, that's the new way, Jeff. No, I, I know and that. And movie theaters got to be shitting too because these great new movies are all on... You know, you can rent them at home and... Anyway. You can fix the movie problem real quick. Stop making popcorn $16 a fucking bucket. That is true, too. That is true, too. They've kind of priced themselves out. Um, I started to see if the grandkids wanted to go to the movie the other day. I only had $300 cash. I mean, I thought, well, that won't be enough. <laughs> and I don't think there's anything out anyway. No, I don't but, even know what's at the movies. But anyway, 11.30 rolls around, and I'm, it's a three-hour movie, and I'm 30 minutes in. And This is last night, 11.30, you're still up? Yeah. Well, I was editing a podcast, Jeff. And I was like, okay. I'm going to go get in the shower, and I'm going to go to bed. So I'm in the shower, and I'm just about to turn the water off, and the fucking door barges open. The I'm shower like, door? No, the, the bathroom. bathroom door. But, like, he hits it, and he hits the handle, and he swings it open. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the fuck is going on here? And I open the door, and it's him, and he's sleepwalking, and he's looking at me like this. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you doing in here? Stark naked, like, bad deal. Like, what are you doing? For you or for him? Well, he didn't remember any of it. And I was like, what, what's going on? Uh, the Roomba kicked on. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? The Roomba kicked on. And I'm like, he's just staring at me, these big old bug eyes. And I'm like, okay, let me get a towel, and you're going back to bed. I asked him about it this morning. He has no recollection of it. But I thought the fucking <laughs> penguin man had barged into my shower and was about to take me. <laughs> I took a shower a month or two ago. I got in the hot tub, got in the shower, so it's probably midnight. And fucking Ollie starts bark. I mean, just like trying to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. Scared shit out of me. I thought, oh, fuck, somebody's breaking in the house. I ain't got a pistol in the shower either. I don't know what it, Still don't know what it was. I have no clue what he barked at. And he don't usually, he, well, if someone drives by or honks driving by, asshole, he'll fucking bark. Mm-hmm. But that just it scared the shit out of me. But nothing like that. I didn't know Reese sleepwalk. I've never seen him do that. Yeah, he does sleepwalk. I've never seen him do that. Big old bug eyes just staring at me. Speaking of bug eyes, I watched the Kings of Comedy the other day. That's the old timey one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. When he drives the car, plays like he's driving the car. Uh, Cedric the Entertainer. Mm. Him, Bernie Mac was a funny bastard. That's too, what boy. made me think of the bug eyes because he. <laughs> he was great. Motherfucker, he was talking about that that kid that came and stayed with him. See, they would cancel him today. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And and that, that it's hard to believe that we can't even have good black comedy anymore. Can't have any comedy anymore. Well, it's but black comedy, black comedy was the best. Black comedy was the best there was. Not even close. This is uh, it's the best. We different from nine days, but we the same. But we do shit different. He's the best. Get broke, I know who the fuck did it, you 
three new people in my damn house. I got my sister, we family. No, can I? We family. I'm gonna talk to you. We family. I got my sister's children living with me now. I'm about to go crazy like a motherfucker around here, you know? <laughs> See, my sister on drugs. I ain't ashamed to tell you. Some of your family members fucked up too. <laughs> That's, you can't. You just can't have that no more. And he even he calls one of the kids a faggot. He said one of the, oh, yeah, he does. One of them's a faggot. She sends the faggot downstairs. Can't say that shit. But what's funny is Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey had some raunchy comedy too in this. Yes. And now he's uh, you know he's gone mainstream and you know I understand you can make a lot more money that way but. Um, and and, and uh, maybe his perspectives have changed, but you know he's people he's, he's clean. don't he's clean now. But change. He's, he's funny. People don't change. No, no, I don't think so. You don't think people? Ste- I you think, don't think Steve Harvey like found the Lord and has cut that part of his? I don't life think. Out? I don't think he wasn't a Christian before then. I think he's just knows that he's got a cleaner act now. Yeah, I think he's the same person he was before. Because he's like family on Family Feud, feud he? he's great. He has a lot of sexual innuendos. He's a right. funny some bitch. Oh, he's hilarious. He's a, he is. But black people can do that. White people can't. Black people have such an advantage when it comes to comedy, and and that's the best comedy in the world. But I think I think Steve Harvey is the same guy he was before. He just can't he 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 can't go do things that he did before because of that. And I I'll bet you he's making oh he's making buku. I bet I, I bet he's making twenty million a year. Did you see this? I told my kids the other day. I said, let me explain something, y'all. If something happened to me and mama, I want you all to understand, y'all going to be around the casket crying because I'm not leaving you everything. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm going to spend 85% of my income on me and your mama. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm going to leave about 5%, 10%. That's it. The rest of the money, me and your mama going somewhere. We could be bad. Me, me, we can't go on vacation now. No, I'm going to be with just with your mother. 
It is not what you leave to them that makes them great. It's what you leave in them. If you leave more to them than you leave in them, they will run through everything you left to them. Yeah. But if you leave enough in them, you don't have to leave so much to them because they can go out there and make their own way in life. So they're going to be pissed off. But I think that's a trend now. Everybody's fucking their kids over. How are we fucking our kids over? Jeff. You yes. have kids, so you better, better watch because you and me mm-hmm. are on the same pet play, playing, playing field now. Well, you have a chance to make a whole, 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 whole lot more money than I ever did. Right. Well, we'll just so, separate when we get there, So Jeff. are you going to screw your kids more? I don't know how the heck you figure that I'm doing you two hundred million is his net worth. Doing you boys wrong because I I didn't say you. Uh, I said this new generation that's screwing their kids over. Okay, well I'm not screwing my kids over. No, I've left. I've got a lot of life insurance. Right. The money we have in the bank, I'm plan on spending. Mm-hmm. If I knew I was going tomorrow, I would make sure there's a dollar in that account and I'd go do something <laughs> today. But I don't. I don't understand. Uh, I have a lot of insurance. I, I've, I've thought of the future for all of y'all. I, I, I worry more about something happening to me and not me and mom both, where y'all would, and, 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 and she's taken care of. I worry about mom going through that money in about three days. Jeff, I need both of y'all to go together. Well, if you do. $45 million a year. Yep, okay. That's a big paycheck. I, I saw that his, uh, not him, Shaq, I saw. Uh-huh. An, I listened to an interesting podcast with Shaq the other day. Do you know Shaq um, says that he wishes that he had done his relationship with Kobe Bryant, Penny Hardaway, different, and his first two wives. Really, he says the only regrets he has in his life is he was not a good person. He let his fame and ego ruin what him and Kobe could have had, and him and Penny Hardaway, and him and his first two wives. Now, here's a man that has everything in the world. I think Shaq's one of the coolest dudes there is. I think he is an extremely great person. I think he's very giving. He's very charismatic. He, he's, a, he's a neat dude. Mm-hmm. But when someone like him comes out and says, listen, I let my head get in the way of me doing, you know, being a better person because of fame and fortune and stuff, I think a lot of athletes could learn a lot from that. Now, was he a powerhouse or was he just a good oh, he personality? Was, no, he was seven foot one and an athlete. He is a seven foot one guy in Tyreek Hill's body. Tyreek inside of him is what it was. I mean, fast he, and he's agile. He's just a fat and, fast, agile guy. Now, he wasn't, you know, Tyreek Hill's speed, but just a good right. athlete. You know, he he could do anything you need to do other than shoot a fucking free throw. But he but he but he's a great he's a great athlete. He really was a great 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 athlete. I mean, he's seven one three hundred twenty five pounds, and he could he 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 just not one of the big lanky seven foot dudes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you see him, they're all elbows and assholes. Right. He's, he 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 was girth to him. Yes, and he and he was athletic. I mean, he could he's just a big guy. Rookie but, of the but, year, fifteen All Stars. Yeah, he was a great basketball player. I mean, but he was a, you had to hack him and shit. I mean, they couldn't you couldn't stop him. Hell, he's too big and stuff. The 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 sad th- or not the sad thing is the thing that's crazy about him is is he's such a good person now. Yeah, I mean, he is such goes in and buys something for everybody every day. He goes to a store somewhere and buys and gives somebody something. He might have always been that way though. Um, I, I think he was to a degree, but not like he. I mean, just he's a good person. He was raised well. His parents were in the military. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a good man. He really is a good 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 person. He went to LSU. Mm-hmm. Grew up. Went. To, he's a Texas high school kid. Texas. San Antonio Colts. We went to high school at. Says so he's. Oh, 
He's born, born in, in New Newark, New Jersey. He's a military kid. Oh, yeah. Robert G. Cole. High school, yep. Huh. But he was a uh, just a just a good, good, good. He's a good person. He'd be fun to be around. Charles Barkley would be a fun guy to be around. You think so? Yeah. Stephen A. Smith, I wouldn't piss on that bash freeze on fire. <laughs> 15 NBA All-Stars, three-time NBA All-Star MVP. Hey, NBA a, valuable, most valuable player. He don't get his feelings hurt. He, I mean, he's just a good dude. We need more people like he's got a sense of humor too. Yeah, they fuck with each other on that show. <laughs> I mean, they do. A lot, they're funny. I mean, they're, but but they're real people, and that's what we've gotten away from is everybody's butt hurt about everything. Did you see that Kuiper's not going to be at the draft this year because he didn't take the vaccine? Because he get, didn't get vaccinated. Well, they're catching some shit too at ESPN. Really? They fired a girl that worked there because she wouldn't get the vax. Really? But they haven't fired him. He's been able to work remote and do his stuff. This vax deal is the stupidest shit. I just, if you want a vax, get a vax. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. But don't be mad at everybody else that don't want to do that shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, more people with a vax get sick than not. Did you see this video of Kobe? No, he was a tough son of a bitch, though. I don't want to watch that shit. I don't want to see You're anything. not going to see anything. Oh. He's got it dislocated. It goes over to the doctor. Doctor looks at it. All right, you need to bite your teeth. You're good. Back in he goes. Oh, he was a he was a gamer. I mean, he was. Back in he goes. And I, I wish. I would love to see. Some of the, older. Basketball players, football players, hockey, whatever it is, and talk to the young athletes about selfishness Mm -hmm. quit worrying about you as much and start thinking about your team and what you do to other people that watch you that are young kids Mm -hmm. because there's not a lot of really good role models for young kids anymore I I don't know when when I grew up we had role models and they were athletes and I'm sure off the field they were assholes sure but they didn't personify that in public you didn't know about it like that and you know, just because you're an athlete doesn't mean you want to be a role model, but you are a role model. Same as a singer, mm-hmm. you know? And so... It comes with the territory. Yes, it comes with that big check you get. Right. Whether you like it or not, that you've got... You, you have you're a, on a duty. Pedestal now. Yeah, and you have a duty to do with that. And they, they need more... Like, I don't think a rapper is a good role model for a kid. Well, I really don't. don't. Kodak Black, he donates. I don't, he pays I don't, for... he any Any cop that has a... Uh, any cop that's killed in the line of duty, he pays for all of their kids' colleges. That's really a good thing. I didn't know that. And and that's that's very commendable. And I appreciate that very much. I didn't I, like I said I didn't know that. What I know about Kodak Black is he's a dude throwing a million dollars in the fucking marina. Right. That's not good role model on right. that part of the deal. Got money to blow, Jeff. But yeah, it, but that same I'm million dollars. Sure, I'm pretty sure it's Kodak Black, but it, any any officer that's killed in the line of but duty, like, he takes care of their family. Like um we don't have very many wholesome, good. We had a chance with Tim Tebow. He's a good person, but the media crucified him. He wasn't all that good, Jeff. What are you talking about? As great, a, as great a role model, athlete. as a role model, not as a football player. Yeah, but I mean, what he wasn't. He didn't make that transition into the pros. No, 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 no. I'm talking about as a role model, though. Not he as a he could have written player. books and stuff like that, but I mean, but he was a good person. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of good persons. So, uh, Samari Roll, I think, is his name. He played for Tennessee. He was a defensive back. He's a brain surgeon now. 
But how far do you go? Do you think Trump is a good person? Look at all the pr- look at all the no. extramarital affairs no. that he's had. I don't think I think Trump's a horse's ass, just like us. I right. really do. But Trump is a great president, and you don't. I guess. But I don't. But he's, he's not, not mean to people. Like he, if, he's if, very if thoughtful. He's, if he sees a, a fan or somebody, he's very uh, giving with his time. He's not a horse's at unless you work for CNN. I think Donald Trump on the inside is a really good person. He's done a lot of good things. Seen his put sick kids on his airplanes. Yeah. All them people that work for him love him for a reason. Yeah. He's a good guy, but not not a role model type. I just I wish some of these athletes. It doesn't mean you can't do some dumb stuff in your life and stuff, but the kids kids need more positive role models. Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. is probably a pretty good role model. Yeah. I, th- I think he would be a. I think today. I mean, of course, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. His I brother's think he's married to Craig Craig girl too, but he is. But he seems to be a good role model. If I owned a product and I thought, who could I get as an athlete today to to push my deal? Patrick Mahomes would be, would be one of the first people I do because he seems like a good person. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott seems like a really good person. Yeah. Uh, and 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 there's there's the, the NBA, NFL, baseball. They're they're full of those guys. But we need more wholesome ones. But they, we don't need. There's so many of these athletes that don't think about nothing but themselves and they, they, they post shit they shouldn't post and they probably shouldn't because I think they're killing their marketing skills. We just, I don't even know why I got off on this deal, but anyways, I think Shaq, Shaq was a really good guy and I think Kobe was a really good guy, but it'd be nice for some of them old guys to get some of these young guys and say, listen, you know, well, be a better person. The number eight Kobe was not so great. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about, but I'm saying if someone like that was alive today, that the younger guys would listen to me. You can overcome. Hey, I screwed up and I done something really bad. I, I don't know the particulars of that case, but I don't know. I, I don't. He Seems was. Like he was not an angel by no means. Same as Ben Roethlisberger. And it could have been. She's chasing those dollar bills. There's a lot of that goes on too, but those guys should be smarter. He settled, than that. didn't he? Yeah. He never was. He never got brought up on charges or anything. I don't anything. think so. I think they. I think I don't. I don't even remember all. I remember when it happened, but I don't know all this stuff. But it's just we don't have young people for these people to look to because there's too much. There's too much phone time now. Mm-hmm. There used to not be phone time. Mm-hmm. What you knew about an athlete was what you saw on the ABC, NBC, or CBS, or read about in a tabloid or a magazine. Right. Joe Namath, biggest womanizer in the world, mm-hmm. but kids loved him. But all you did was see him doing pantyhose commercials, or. Or what the news and stuff showed. You didn't. They didn't show you going home with thirteen different girls in a week and stuff like that. Debo Samuel's doing something interesting. He's saying he does not want to play as a wide receiver slash running back. He wants to be a traditional wide receiver. Well, that you're taking away half of your game by doing that. He's playing the money. Is what he's doing. What do you? No, he said if it was just about money, he'd resign with San Francisco. No, 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 no. He's playing the money. He's saying, listen. I'll take your $19 million a year you're going to give me, uh-huh. and I'll play just wide receiver. Right. Or you can pay me $28 million a year, and I'll play, and I'll play hybrid as hybrid role. spot is what he's doing. He's playing that role. Because if the Jets trade for him and you're in a football game, you're going to play him. In, you, you, you work you're for play our him team. where you can use him. You know, if you're Michael Parsons, is he a linebacker or is he a defensive end? Right. He could play safety. He's fast enough. Yeah. You know, you're going to play him where you need him to play. Right. These guys are starting to want to – dictate the game and they Where should they be able play. to do it you know he should be first of all i don't know that i would pay him this year he has no choice because he's still under contract 
One of these days, one of these NFL teams is going to call these guys. Is going to call them. Is going to call these guys out and say, well, "I'm not money, negotiating." How much you. money is he? He's not going to miss out on no, not a, dollars. He's going to miss three out. Million, two right. three million. But if he doesn't play this year, he's still under contract for the next year. Right. Is he willing to set out a whole season to not get anywhere yeah. and end up in the same place you are the next season? If 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 San Francisco can't come to a term with somebody to make a trade for him. I think your Green Bay Packers are going to be a legit threat on this. They should. They, they, they're, if they were. But and, if he's not going to play this fucking hybrid role. They don't need him to play hybrid. They got Aaron Jones. Well, that's true, too. San but Francisco is, has is, tons of injuries at running back position. But is Debo, is Debo just a true number one wide receiver? Or does he need I to play in this hybrid? I don't think he's a number one. I think he's a great number two. I think they – I think – I don't know what his speed is and stuff. He's a good wide receiver. He's a great wide receiver. I'm not knocking him He's great him that. for what he does. But, he, but his role, when you move him from the X and you put him in the backfield, it screws up the whole thing because then you got a linebacker having to cover him. And that's what makes him so interesting. Right. Four four eight. Okay. So, see, he's not a Tyreek Hill guy. He's a, He's got good speed, but there's a lot of guys have that speed. Um, but if he, went to, if he went to Green Bay, he would be a great slot guy. Halfway, got a slot guy. Halfway number one guy. I don't. He's not Devontae Adams by any time, by any means. He's not as big as Devontae. Four five. Devontae's so fucking big though. I just I don't think that. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Debo. Debo, Terry McLaurin, and AJ Brown are all in the same boat. They want that big money. But one of these days, the NFL team like them, they have more leverage because they're on their last year of their contract. Right. Four three. I didn't realize he was that fast. Who? AJ Brown. Yo, he's a ball. He's a man. The 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 issue. And he's big too. I would not sign Kyler Murray. I would not negotiate with him. I would tell him you're you got three years, bud. Right. You know, if because because what Debo can do is Debo can set out ten games, then come back on the eleventh game and it counts as playing a whole season, then go somewhere else the next year and be a free agent because they're not going to franchise him if he does that. You know, but these guys should learn from Le'Veon Bell. Levin Bell left a lot of money on the table, and he never, ever got it back mm-hmm. because he was not very good. Setting out a year cost him. Um, now he's not even a – Nobody cares. He went to the Jets. He's been to the Chiefs. Chiefs Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. He's he's Baltimore, I think, even. I, he, he's done. Three years ago, he was the best running back in the league. Yep. Um, Debo or, or Kyler Murray, that he they still have three years of contract on him. I wouldn't do it. If you want to set out all year, that's fine, son. We'll see you, you next it. year. Right. Because you're going to still be a member of our football team. Mm-hmm. They say that if Baker Mayfield gets cut, that Pittsburgh's going to sign him the next day. Saw that, and they should. Oh, he's, he's Kyler Murray or, or Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback. If I was Arizona, I would trade Kyler Murray tomorrow, and I would go get Baker Mayfield. Problem is, they fucking built their entire offense around what Kyler Murray can do. Baker Mayfield ran that same offense. That same offense. He's with Cliff Kingsbury. Played with him at Tech. They ran the same offense at Oklahoma. He knows what he's doing. Uh, does he like? Kingsbury? Uh, Kingsbury won't be in the, Baker Mayfield will be in the NFL longer than Cliff Kingsbury, probably. <laughs> I, 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 I do. Um, A.J. Brown, 1.9% body fat. Yeah. Would, you, would you see uh, – could you imagine A.J. Brown and fucking D.K. Metcalf were the same on the same team as wide receivers? D.K. is another one. Isn't he trying to get out of where he is? Well, no, he's just got a big full contract coming out. 4.46? I'm faster than, than D.K. <laughs> yeah. Today in these uh, hey yeah. dudes. Some bitch is a machine too, and he's what six foot four. 
Uh, I think he's a big boy. 6'3". Six 6'3". Three. Six three. 1.6% body fat. 228 pounds. <sighs> Anyways, him, A.J. Brown, and they had a tight end on that team. I think Evan Ingram was a tight end maybe on that team. That son of a bitch is built like a brick shit house. Yeah, he is. He, uh, I guess there was a DB trying to, like, check him. There, There's him and A.J. There was a DB trying to press him, I guess. Or no, 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 he was trying to truck him. DK was looking over his shoulder. He fucking wallops that DB. I felt bad for the guy. Boy, his grandpa was a hell of a football player. DK? Oh, fuck yeah. Terry Metcalf. He was a stud. A running back for the um, St. Louis Cardinals. Back when they were the St. Louis Cardinals. I miss football. I was listening to a... Uh, I am too. I'm radio. I listened to a wide receiver rankings yesterday. You did? I listened to how you should draft. And um, With the trends. Here it is. Whoop. No, sir. Yeah. That's not the one that I saw. Did you see... Uh, did you watch any of the USFL? Uh, very little. I did, they're, too. They're, did they you? need a quarterback. They need good quarterbacks. Well, that's what's going to end up. That's why they're having the USFL. And that's why the NFL is, is paying the money for this. Because they're they're trying to develop ter- quarterbacks. Right. There's 32 teams in the NFL, and we got maybe 24 good quarterbacks. This is the one. Oof. He didn't catch the ball. Toop. But we uh, that's that's why they're doing that is try to d- develop quarterbacks because when the old uh Europe the NFL well, Europe NFL Europe was on, Kurt Warner played in it. Mm-hmm. There was there were some players that played over there, and that's where they got they got a lot of games in and stuff. What happened? Somebody got cut for ordering pizza and not a chef salad. Yeah, they said that there was a whole lot more to that. They said that he broke four team rules within twenty four hours. <laughs> they want to fuck with you. You know, I saw where... And that's um, why you're probably in the USFL. There was a defensive back that played for the Cowboys that was late for practice or something one day, and he's yeah hypoglycemic or some shit, and he, he's screaming, and he goes, well, why are you late? Jimmy Johnson did. Yeah. Well, I, I was having trouble with my blood sugar. I, I was late for this or that. He said, okay, you're cut. Cut his ass. Yeah. And somebody said, if Troy Aikman would have done that, what would he have been? He said, well, Troy would have just been late for practice. <laughs> you know? It's a whole different game. That's what Jimmy said. He said, I treat everybody I treat everybody the same and that I'm going to treat everybody differently. It's all based on what you bring to the table. Yes. So there's a guy sleeping in a meeting one time. Woke him up. You're out of here. Had it been Troy, I'd have gone up to Troy. Wake up. That would have been the end of it. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, it's, it's all what driven. you can bring. That, that, that's exactly right. Don't get your feelings hurt. You're just not bringing enough. But I was shocked at the amount of people in the stands at the ESFL. And mom goes, well, there ain't nobody there. I said, no. But I said, their money's, they got a TV contract. Right. And that's where the money's at. And I said, all they are is an, a, a minor league deal for the NFL right now. Trying to, And there's going to be somebody that's playing in the USFL that will start in the NFL next year. It'll happen. There's someone out there. Because it's a fine line. You might be a really good wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And you might have been stuck in a room with five really other good receivers. And you were the sixth guy. And yeah. nobody ever got to see you play. It happens all the time. Could you imagine being in the old mess room with DK and AJ Brown? No, yeah. You're if you were, if you were the third wide receiver, who would have known? But that's why the NFL is. But the NFL's biggest problem is quarterbacks. All them other positions, wide receivers are easy to find because all the colleges run such good offenses now, and they throw the ball. The problem is is finding a guy to throw the rock. Speaking of the rock, he's starting the XFL next year. No, I don't give two. And shit. I think they're more. Conjoined with the NFL, they're like trying out new 
equipment, new NFL now, The USFL rules. is paid by the NFL. They're supplementing the USFL, I believe. The XFL and the NFL have a deal, too. Maybe the NFL is just putting all their money into it to try to facilitate these. They've got uh, to get these quarterbacks. It's, it's, it's about talent and quarterback talent. If you, if you pay $100 million to the NFL or the XFL or whatever it is, $100 million a year, and you get a Tom Brady out of it, it's well worth the money. Yeah. Because quarterbacks are hard to find. Plus, the NFL's got money to burn anyways. Mm-hmm. This is the balls that they're going to use. They're going to try to go away from uh, – they're going to have actual um, microchips in the balls so you don't have to do the – is it a first down or not. Really? <clears throat> one of the leagues is doing that. It's either the XFL or the USFL. Is the XFL the ones that's coming up with the the um, the onside kick deal? Uh, I don't know. Uh, we have an open field for innovation – Rule, innovative rules to enhance in-game access, sharing insight and practice between XFL and NFL will do a tremendous amount of good for the game. The XFL has shown, so yeah, it might be the XFL. I don't know. I mean, you know, it just gives these athletes more of an opportunity to continue their dream. Well, every you, know, you're not, you might not make as much money <coughs> in the, as you would in the NFL, but if you can make a couple hundred K to if you make $100,000 a year, where else are you going to get a job doing that? Yeah. I mean, you're playing football. The average person does not make $100,000 a year. Mm-mm. And so if you think you're just going to go make hundred grand doing whatever, you know, being a football player is not the worst thing in the world to do. You're 22, 23, 24 years old. You can make some really good money, build your name up, and you can market yourself a whole lot better. I think that uh, baseball is trying to do more stuff. I saw they're micing up players on the field. I did too, and that might be the only reason I'd watch it to listen to that because they need I need to do something. There's I can I can't watch a baseball game. I meant to ask Jay Bruce that the other day. If you paid, if they me, should shorten the season. If you paid it somehow. Well, it's not because it's a game of history, right. and they then the old the old people would not like that. And that's I just can't watch baseball. I would rather watch my grandkids play softball <laughs> or baseball than to go watch a pro baseball game. But I don't know where – if they did shorten it, I don't know where you would because April is synonymous with baseball starting up. October is, is synonymous with the World Series. So, I don't know. You can't take two months out of the middle and take a break there. No, like, oh, we're, we're, May's over. We'll reconvene mid-August. That ain't going to work. Baseball was the sport in America. It was American pastime. When I was a kid growing up, everybody played baseball. Everybody played baseball. They're probably in Knox City in the mid-'80s. They probably had four or five Little League teams here. Mm-hmm. Everybody played baseball. You listen to it on the radio. We didn't have cable. And, and, and when I was older, we, we'd watch the Ranger game every night. Every game. I'd watch almost – I probably if the Rangers played 162 games, I probably watched 80 of them at least. Watched the Rangers all the time. They scored a lot of runs. They weren't very good, but they scored they, – they'd get beat 12 to 10. It was exciting to watch. Basketball has taken over the inner cities. Because all you need is a ball, kind of like soccer does in other places. It's basketball. Mm-hmm. So the young people watch the NBA playoffs. April, May. We're in NBA playoffs now, April and May. And then it, it ends in early June, I think. I'm not watching the NBA game. Mm-hmm. I watched one for three minutes the other day. It didn't even look like basketball. Mm-hmm. There's no defense. Everybody goes and they shoot, and the next guy shoots. I mean, it just was not enjoyable to me. Ba- baseball has lost its identity. Because once football starts – 
People will watch preseason. The Cowboys preseason games will get more people watching than a, than a Rangers baseball game on TV does. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. baseball will pick back up during the World Series, and people will watch if you're local. I think if, if the Yankees are in the World Series, then the Yankee fans are going to watch. And people in Boston probably watch because they hate the Yankees going for the other team. But when the Kansas City Royals are in the World Series, the people in the Midwest watch it and whoever's playing Kansas City. I, I think it's more regionalized than any other sport. Why the hell did they take Clayton Kershaw out? He had a no-hitter going, and they pulled him out after 80 pitches. I don't know. There's a kid in Japan that has thrown 52 scoreless innings. Or, no, 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 no. He's faced 52 batters. He's, he's without not scoreless, 52 no-hit. He's thrown a, not, a complete game and an eight-inning game. Damn. I guess is what he's thrown, and he's going to pitch again tonight or tomorrow. They say he's a stud. 18, 19, 20-year-old kid throws the heat. The best player in baseball right now is that Japanese kid, that Ontoya or whatever his name is. I went to a Ranger game a couple years ago, and this is no shit. They had one or two American guys playing. <laughs> I, every one of them was uh, Dominican, South American, Mexican kid, somewhere from yeah. Guatemala. I didn't, but two guys from America, and I think that's her identity because those right. guys, like what Jay was talking about, you know, they don't they don't speak English and mm-hmm. they don't. So you really don't have a face. You're for not it. connecting to the players. Yes, you you don't. And the music that they come out to, the, the Mitch Moreland would come out, or not, I think it was Mitch Moreland, one of the Cowboys. They come out to te- the new te- the new country song, a Texas song. Everybody'd love it and stuff. And then the other one would come out to salsa music. Well, you just there's no connect there, right? So I don't know. Baseball's in trouble. I don't. <clears throat> but as long as they got TV contracts, they'll be around. But that's it. I might pitch a no hitter tomorrow night. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I hope you don't. Are we playing a different team tomorrow night? Yeah. Right. Well, we got baseball. Well, I got softball tonight. Whew. You're busy man. Eight o'clock tonight. Oh shit. In Hamlin. Oh. Yep. All right. Thank y'all for listening to this guy. Y'all check out our YouTube channel. We're fixing to start having some releases, some small videos coming up pretty soon. I'm fixing to get on to Andy about this. So we're gonna start putting out a little bit of thirty second to a minute videos coming out. So check it out. Thank you. God bless y'all and have a great day. Check out our wonderful sponsors. Check out Dirty Duck Coffee, Shin Gear Waiters, Lucky Duck, Looking Glass Duck Club Podcast, Gun Dog Outdoors, Pacific Calls, Dive Bomb Industries, Boss Shot Shells, Alpha Outdoor Specialties, Steak Plains Meats, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, Bangtail Whiskey.